When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, and welcome to Telling Everybody Everything. Bobby, my gorgeous current husband, has decided to dig up all around the podcast studio If you've seen on my social media, yes, he spent a lot of time in the last year getting the grass exactly how he wants, transforming it, and a lot of people really, really appreciate the gardening content from Bobby. Well, now he's decided that it's too wet, it needs drainage, there are three deep trenches dug all the way along the lawn, and some type of pipe is going in each of those. I don't, you know, I I don't give a shit what happens outside. I really don't. And he consults with me because he's very respectful. And he goes, I feel like I'm going to, and I have to participate in the chat because I know he just really wants a sounding board. He wants to talk about the lawn. And I learned from my good friend, Jen, a long time ago that when her husband, James, hung a hook, he really needed Jen to go and approve the hook, admire the hook and go, that's a great hook. And that's fine. Like, that's what they need. Whatever. You want to talk to me about the lawn? I will act like I'm listening, but I'm not really listening. I don't know what's going on. Apart from there are men and a digger and wheelbarrows in my garden and three trenches. So if you're interested in the gardening content, which I know a lot of you are, if your dads are interested in the gardening content, send them over to Bobby's Instagram because I told him he has to influence it. Um, Speaking of dads, Joanne sent me this via text. She didn't even include it in the regular podcast emails roundup. She said, Catherine, this is a very funny anecdote from uh, one of your listeners from Ireland. And it says, Dear Catherine, my family and I were sat watching you on TV when my dad said, I used to work with her ex-husband, you know. I shot a stare at him and I said, no, you didn't. He's not her ex-husband. Catherine Ryan does not have an ex-husband. After a bit of back and forth, I had him listen to your clip of the podcast, and he believed me after hearing it straight from you. (laughs) And then she attached photos of some weird business cards that my ex used to have. Listen, stop saying I'm your ex-wife. This goes for all my exes. Fuck off. I've never been married before. It is honestly the weirdest thing, and it happens to me more than it should. More than it should. That people are like, oh, I was shown pictures of you from when you were younger and I met your ex-husband. And like, thank you for taking this fight out on the streets for me. Thank you for taking this fight to Ireland. Thank you for correcting all of your dads. Because this person could be around the age of your dads. Thank you for correcting people who say that they met or spoke to or heard from my ex-husband who does not exist. I have been married exactly one time so far. Once to my first husband, Bobby Kay. Not that it mattered. Like, I don't think there's any shame if you're divorced. There's no stigma. Actually, a very good friend of mine, really, really eligible, wealthy, sexy, smart lady has separated from her husband recently. And she told me that hot, scalding, piping hot, delicious Earl Grey tea only yesterday. And I couldn't be happy for her because I could just tell that, you know, I don't think she was as fully satisfied with her one chance on this planet that we know of life. And um, now she's going to be single and it's going to be hard for about a year and then it's going to get better. And I mean, Louis C.K. is a comedian who did get his dick out in front of colleagues and I don't support that. But he said that there are no sad divorces because most people, you know, 
there'll be like a few instances where someone is blindsided. But still, if you're blindsided even by your spouse who's like, I want a divorce, then that's not a relationship that you should be in anyway. You deserve nothing less than someone who loves and adores you and someone that you respect and you admire and you feel like, you know, Bobby and I disagree on things sometimes. We're very busy raising two small children. And there are parts of me that think that Bobby is pure white trash. <laughs> because he <laughs> because he smokes and sometimes he doesn't know words that I'm using. But I'm from the same place as Bobby and ultimately he has many skills that I don't have. And he has lots of really funny things about him and lots of really smart things about him that I look up to. Uh, I can't tell you about Violet's party. Last week I spoke about asking invitees of Violet's Halloween party to come back with parental signed permission forms. And this got in the tabloid news media. They spoke about it, I think, on Jeremy Vine. Uh, They spoke about it on different radio shows that I heard about. I only know about Jeremy Vine because I was invited on to speak about it too and I was just too busy that day. But I was like, yeah, I mean, I think it's a good talking point for people to go should we do this? Like how? And I love that people are talking about how can we let teenagers gather safely because they are not welcome in their own communities. People always go, oh, the teens, the teens are doing that. Well, when we were growing up, we got to actually see each other IRL. And I wish that teenagers could have more places where they're welcome and they can gather and they can have fun. Um, there was even an online article where they spoke to a psychologist and they said, what do you think, psychologist, about Catherine Ryan's form? And if you didn't listen to the podcast last week, the long and short of it was just, I sent out a form that said, you um, give permission for your child to come to this party from 7 till 11 and you know that my boundaries are no drinking, no drugs, no sexual activity, no assault, no vandalism, no vaping, like none of that. If any of these rules are broken, I'm going to call your parents and... Um, you acknowledge that your child is your responsibility even in my home because certainly what I don't want is teenagers coming here and them, who know? because this is the thing, they might go out before, they might go somewhere afterwards and they'll go, oh, Catherine Ryan gave us alcohol or they'll tell some web of lies because I was once a teenager and we're liars when we're teenagers because we have to lie because we want to do our naughty stuff and we're not allowed, so we lie. And I don't want parents thinking, oh, well, my child has come home with a hickey. Catherine Ryan allowed this. Or, you know, I want the parents to be clear that I don't allow any bullshit so they feel safe sending me their children. I want their children here. I want all the kids to be together. But equally, I want the kids to feel like the fear of like, oh, we're not actually going to try this at Catherine's house because my mom has signed a form with her phone number on it. Catherine will call my mom. So the psychologist uh, in this article was like, yeah, that's a great idea. It actually gives parents and teenagers a chance to discuss these boundaries. It's good to be clear about what your boundaries are. It is a talking point. You know, it opens up the stage for discussion, right? And that's what I'm all about. And then another woman weighed in and they found this like random woman. So there's a psychologist and then there's just like random like Janine says, No, I think this is really bad. And she went on to say, I allowed my 15-year-old son to have a party with 15 people. And I did not make anyone sign a waiver because I trust my son and his friends. 15 people. 15 people. All I will say, thank you, random woman, for your input, is that uh, I can't talk about the party. I didn't want to say when it happened. It happened this weekend. It's done. And... Violet is entitled to her privacy. Her friends are entitled to their privacy. I talk about certain things in my stand-up and on my podcast to do with my teenage daughter, but I actually don't talk about much. And let me tell you, there's stuff I wish so deeply that I could talk about because it's meaningful and it's spicy and sometimes it's hilarious, but I don't. And so this party falls under the category of things I can't talk about on this podcast. Suffice to say, more children came than I ever thought would come and there won't be a party again that's all I can say about that so on last week's podcast there was a mother who wrote in about her daughter's dog being looked after by her sister the daughter's auntie this dog then falls in love with auntie 
daughter stops traveling, uh, COVID hits, she wants the dog back, and auntie refuses to give the dog back. This mother loves, obviously, her sister, loves her daughter equally, but is being stonewalled by the sister now for taking the daughter's side. But ultimately, she's like, look, I, I want to get to the bottom. I want to know what I should do. It pains me not to speak to my family. This has torn us all apart. If you tell me that I should leave the dog with my sister, and then I'll drop it. So, so many people wrote in, like, more than ever before. You are so passionate. If you are a dog brand and you would like to advertise on this podcast, my listeners are exactly for you. They care so much about dogs. Joanne got hundreds upon hundreds of emails about the dog. So she did not forward me every single one of your emails. She just said, what a whirlwind. Some listeners simply cast a one-word vote. Others shared their personal stories or expert advice if they worked with animals. Only a handful of people voted that the dog should go back to the daughter. So many people said that the dog needs to stay with the auntie, aka the woman who wrote in sister, the current mom looking after the dog. Many interesting takes, including an allusion to Judge Judy once having a dog make the decision in court by running to whom he preferred. Others mentioned the frontal lobe debate. Can a teen or early 20-something make a 12 to 15-year-long decision? Some dogs live even much longer than that. One big catch, though. The mom has written back in to specify that the dog was officially registered as the daughter's emotional support dog. Well, I... Look, I feel like those are being over-prescribed, if I can be honest. I think it's really wonderful to have an emotional support dog or any type of assistance animal if that's what you need. And maybe your daughter does need it, but presumably not because she went traveling for a ton of time without this dog. And your daughter might have obtained a fraudulent emotional support dog certification just like I did when I was her age. I really did that so that I could take Biggie, my little teacup shih tzu, with me from Canada to the UK, and then he died. But for a time, he did stay with one of my partner's parents in Canada, and I was heartbroken, but I didn't leave him for long. I left him for like a couple of months, and it sucked. And when I went back there, he ran to me like dogs in the soldiers' home from war videos. I'm going to talk about online safeguarding now and Snapchat in a very detailed way, which I really appreciate. Um, it's good with the visuals that I have received via email because last week we spoke about Violet Snapchat and how I spot check that. And then people were like, well, how do you spot check? So many things disappear. Obviously, I'm not an actual boomer, but I get called a boomer in my household. And that's fair enough because I don't really know how to navigate these types of social media. So Joanne says that my chats about Violet and safeguarding seem to have triggered something. You received an unusual number of emails with warnings about the dangers of Snapchat. I don't mean to dunk on Snapchat. I feel like it's a really fun social media app for people who are the right age and who want to use it. I think it's not that safe while your frontal lobe is still developing. We talk a lot about young people and like what they should have and what they shouldn't have. And my analogy is always like Fred would love a chainsaw and you do need a chainsaw. A chainsaw is a great tool for whatever happens, cutting down trees and stuff, but you can't give it to a two-year-old and let him run wild with it. And the same is true with teenagers and Snapchat. So here are some highlights. These corrections are from a Snapchat expert. Catherine, I just listened to you speaking about how you effectively monitor Violet's Snapchat. And as a Snapchat user, I think I need to correct some things. Messages and chats do not automatically save. You can change the settings in chats so that they will stay there for 24 hours after reading. But other than that, they will only still be visible if Violet has chosen to save them. So that's true. One of the rules on Violet's Snapchat is that she's not allowed to have any chats on delete automatically. All of them have to be set to 24 hours. And on occasion, I have noticed that some of them are on delete automatically and she gets her Snapchat taken away for that. That is a boundary that we have with Snapchat. And I check it at least once every 24 hours. I don't check everything. But you know what I mean? I just like spot check exactly every 24 hours pretty much. 
Also, not everything that's sent out is saved in the memories section. Photos and videos are only stored in there when you choose to save them in there. So theoretically, Violet could send a photo or video out without saving it. There is no trace of that. I did not fucking know that. I don't like that. On the dashboard of Violet's profile, you can see how many snaps she's sent. Her snap score. If you were to spot check on October 1st and then again on November 1st, if the number has gone up drastically but there were minimal messages and photos, you'd know things were getting deleted, whether automatically or purposefully each time. Linking snap to the parent's phone. I would love to do this. I too have a teenager, Catherine, who is mad for the Snapchat. Although, like you say, you can't see everything they're sending. There is a way of linking their account to a parent phone. Also, there is Google Family Link, which allows you to monitor their search activity remotely. That app is free, but is really better for kids under 12. And finally, there's an app called Custodio, Q-U-S-T-O-D-I-O. How do I pronounce that? Custodio. It costs about 50 euros for the year. It allows you to block certain websites. You can set it up so that you can access certain pages. Oh, they have to request permission from a parent guardian to access certain pages. And you can add up to five devices on that app. I was very reluctant to give my son a phone with the whole world at his fingertips. So this app has definitely made that transition easier. And we still do spot checks randomly just in case. I hope that helps. Well, this doesn't tell me how to link the Snap to a parent's phone. These apps allow me to link Snap to my phone? I don't have, hmm, I'll have to look into this more because not all of these are compatible. Like it depends on what kind of phone you have. I think like I have said this before and I really mean it. If you want to be a dirty little snitch, a little narc teenager, and you are a tech genius as most of you are, you can do it like on the DL. You don't have to, you're all liars anyway. Don't tell your friends that this is your job, but just advertise yourself to parents and go, I will take a look at all your technology and show you how your kids are dodging screen time restrictions, what your kids are doing. I'll set up all these things on your phone. I'll get you sorted. And you can wear like a balaclava. You can have your identity hidden to do it. I'm so sorry, by the way, that I know you guys can hear Bobby working on the garden outside. You can hear just a little bit, but I have nowhere else to go. If I go in the house, the kids are screaming. Well, they're not screaming, but if they see me, they'll scream and then try to climb me like a tree. So yeah, if you are a teenager and you want to make some extra money, like I will personally pay you, although I can't really trust you to be in all my devices. If you were like the son or daughter of one of my friends, then I would probably trust you. So in your own little community, like start this up with parents that you know, get a business together. There's so much money to be made. Like I think that there's doom and gloom with young people and you go, what jobs will they even do? But you can digitize like millions for yourself using just the infinite world of stuff you can do online. Exploit boomers for not knowing about their phones and get them to pay you to sort it all out. All right, here is some information about downloading deleted data. Chris has sent detailed screenshots on how, he's a listener, listener Chris has sent detailed screenshots on how to open Snap and download all data from a date range that you choose, even deleted data. He was kind enough to include step-by-step screenshots. Thank you so much, Chris. I wonder if I could make these publicly available, just really (laughs) twist the knife and make myself hated by teenagers everywhere. I'm going to email you back, Chris. If I have your permission to publish all of these screenshots on my Insta, I literally will. And maybe, okay, I can see already there's going to be another article like, is Catherine overstepping? It's like, guess what? Don't use Snapchat then. And I won't do all this stuff. And I'm not going to do it behind her back. I'm going to do it as a safety thing to her face. I'm going to go, if you want to use this app, you are 14, so you can use it. But I have access also And I'm not going to read every single message. I'm really not. But I need you to know that if you're sending something to your friends, they could send it to whomever who could send it to whomever. Some kid could be posing as a kid, but is really someone's creepy uncle or like stranger from Morocco. We don't know. And when you're 16, well, then that's a bit of a different story. The leash gets longer every year. But this is not about spying. It really is about 
protection. I just hate that Snapchat is available to 14-year-olds. This week, Bobby and I decided to take financial control of our lives. I have never had a budget really. Well, okay, not never. In high school, I did little odd jobs and I was really good at saving and really good at knowing like exactly what was going on financially. And then in college and university, I worked at Hooters. So I had loads of money coming in, but I knew exactly what I was spending and I knew how much I needed to pay for school and to pay for rent and have stuff like that. And then when Violet was small and I was living in this country, that was like the poorest I've ever been because I wasn't waitressing anymore. I was working in an office and traveling into that office and absolutely running out of money at the end of every month. And then when I became single, I just thought, okay, I need to know exactly what is coming in, exactly what is going out. I was doing stand-up I was sending my own invoices, chasing up those invoices, which is the hardest part when you're a stand-up. Nobody ever wants to pay you for like a year. And I always knew exactly what I was spending. I, I would write it down, everything. Every time I got groceries, I wrote it down. I just knew what was happening. And then I became very lucky and loads of money started coming in. And then I just never had a budget after that. I just thought, oh, we have enough. That's it. I just didn't think about it anymore. I don't have a will. I don't have a pension. I just, I bought the house, which is my like only major investment. And then the rest was just like always a real bonus. And I left it sitting in a bank that was earning zero interest. And now I have a wonderful financial advisor whom I've had for a long time, but you know, we were navigating the pandemic and stuff and interest rates were really low anyhow. Um, and he's the one who, along with my very good friend, Elizabeth, who is just so talented at many things, but she does my bookkeeping. She liaises with the financial advisors and she's like, she does all the stuff that goes, okay, she spent this on this, this on that, that on that. And then he prepares the taxes and communicates with HMRC. So I like, I know that I'm all good for those things. And I've been good for those things for so long that I took a moment to say, well, wait a minute, we have money that isn't earning interest. We should be making investments. We should start to have our money working for us so that, you know, these kids have something left when I'm dead in 18 months, you know, whenever that happens, hit by a bus, die under the knife. I don't really know how it's going to happen. Oh, but here's a plug. I don't know if it's been announced. It's probably fine. Kathy Burke, one of the funniest people on the entire planet, has a podcast called Where There's a Will, There's a Wake. And it is about death, but it's not dark like that. It's funny. She talks about who will give your eulogy, how your funeral will be, what you want, your final meal, your last wishes, stuff like that. She interviews loads of people, comedians and regular civilians as well. Well, not civilians, but, you know, people from lots of different walks of life, actors, funny people. And it was a pleasure to see her. Um, I absolutely love that podcast. So I've done a little ad for her podcast before on this podcast. This isn't an ad. I'm just telling you whether I'm allowed to tell you or not that I'm going to be a guest on there. So if you don't listen to her, you should listen. It's far better produced than mine. Far better. Like it happens in a studio and they have cameras and there's like an extra bit for subscribers and she has producers on it. And here I am adjacent to my husband and a bunch of guys dumping rocks now into the drainage trenches. So I don't know what that's for, but they have wheelbarrows full of rocks that they're bringing back and forth from the front of the house to the back. And I mean, if his garden is still soggy this Christmas, he is going to blow a gasket. So Bobby and I went to this new bank where it's not a new bank. Don't worry. It is a established bank, but we switched banks basically And we're having these conversations now about being smarter as we get older. We're going to have school fees probably for the rest of our fucking lives because our kids are so young. And um, just talk about our plans, really, our worries, our dreams, and our goals. And I went into this bank. First of all, it's in a beautiful neighborhood. That disturbed me. There was a little lobby where a woman pointed us to a super ornate elevator. We go up, up, up the elevator. I'm trying to find the office with the financial people that I'm meeting. And a door is opened by like basically a butler. And I was like, hang on, I'm doing pretty well, but I don't think I'm doing this well. He brings me into a room. Bear in mind, I'll tell you once again, this is a bank. And in the room, it was like a little boardroom where there are tables and chairs for meetings, but there's also like a lunch setting and a menu. 
and a beautiful lunch setting too with a red wine glass and a white wine glass. And then these waiters come in and they're like, would you like still or sparkling water? And I was like, uh, still, please. And then our financial meeting people came in. They're really nice. You know, I've met them before. They're really looking after us. And they bring the wines out. And the waiter's like, oh, would you like some white wine? It goes with the starter. I was like, goes with the what? And there was this beautiful starter, this like amazing heirloom tomato tart. And then this like entree came out. They had a kitchen. They had like a full like, I don't know that it was Michelin star, but it felt like really fancy three course lunch prepared by a kitchen in the bank given to us by waiters. And I was like, I mean, I don't think we're doing this well. I don't know what the hell, how, I've never seen anything like that. And I've heard in my life that some really posh hair salons also have kitchens, like full kitchens with a chef. And you go there to get your hair done and then you have like a chicken Caesar salad. I don't know what goes on. They have like a wine list. I'm definitely not going to the right hair salons. I didn't know about any of that, but now I am finally going to the right bank. Do you know how much I have been disrespected by banks in my life? queuing up, dealing with loads of high street bullshit. I mean, this just propels me to want to save more, be smarter with money and make some real investments. So we spoke, well, we had lunch first and that was great. And then we spoke about budgeting, how much I pay for this, how much I pay for that, what we're doing. And the takeaway was, well, first of all, I need to have a budget. Everyone should have a budget. Even if you have more money than you feel personally that you deserve, you do need to be smart. You do need a budget. You don't know what's going to happen, especially when you have millions of dependents like we do. But then also, I was talking about different levels of, of wages for people. And the people at the meeting were going, no, that's actually above market rate. You're not supposed to pay people that. And I said, well, I'm sorry. I believe that this is a fair amount. It's a living wage. I don't like market rate. Market rate troubles me because I have lived through like having a normal job where I was paid quote unquote market rate for whatever. And I don't like that. I kind of tip everyone. And they said, yeah, well, that's fine, Catherine. You can do that. You can just pay the market rate and then give discretionary bonuses every year. Something like that is more reasonable. And I said, okay, fine. And now the flat that we own is up for rent again because our tenants have vacated. And they said, well, you can get this much for the flat now. And I said, well, hang on a second. How come market rates for paying people's shit is going down and rates for taking people's money is going up? That's like the definition of austerity, isn't it? Like, that's a problem. I don't want to contribute to that at all. And they were like, okay, Catherine, well, I don't really know what to tell you, but this is the rental price you're supposed to charge for this. And this is the salary that you're supposed to pay for that. And if you want to go your own way, then that's cool. Like, again... These people are so wonderful and generous themselves and really understanding. But it's like, this isn't them setting these these market rates and these rental prices. This is just like society. And I think it's like fucking terrifying. So I will continue to pay people what I feel that I should pay people and <laughs> charge the low, low bargain basement rents because the, the flat came up and we did get an offer. And Bobby was like, oh, here's the offer. And I was like, I think we should go lower. He's like, no, no, Catherine, that's not how negotiation works when you're getting money. And I was like, I'm just not comfortable. I'm not comfortable. I, uh, I've said before, and I will direct you again to Julie Klausner has this really hilarious podcast where I don't think she makes it anymore, but she used to talk to older women, just random older women. And there was one who I loved, this older lady in Manhattan used to buy designer hats. She'd say, I buy the designer hats and I reimagine them. I'll buy the hat for $500. I'll reimagine it, which means like she glues like felt and ribbons on it. I don't know what she does. I reimagine it. Sell it on for $300. <laughs> Julie was like, wait a minute. So you're making like a net loss on these hats? Oh, well, I would sell it for more, but I'm not comfortable. And that's how I feel. Like I'm just not comfortable. Some of you may feel like that sounded like a New York Jewish accent at a very sensitive time. I didn't mean for it to sound that way. Maybe it was. That's just what the lady sounded like. And this is not a podcast to talk about war. Like, I just feel like it shouldn't really be sandwiched in between the other bullshit that I talk about, what I got up to during the week. Um, I've seen so much on social media and social media never gives you enough space to tell 
the whole story or to ever be really clear or nuanced in really serious matters. So that's why it bothers me. People just share memes or things are taken out of context and I don't like it. And so I've been trying to learn like exactly what the, and I think it's very complicated, um, the situation with Israel and its government, but that is totally separate totally separate and should never ever be conflated with the loss of precious human life via evil terrorism and why news outlets are using words like militants for Hamas I just don't understand and I'm sure that I could spend days and days reading about it and getting all these perspectives and really trying to understand but this is what I just want to tell you in real layman's terms, I guess, what the situation is as I understand it to be. And then please, I know that I have loads of listeners who know more about this than I do. You can email me your correction. I'm not going to ask any of my Jewish friends right now to explain it. Don't ask your Jewish friends right now. Like just offer them your love and support because they have ancestral trauma right now that is firing off and they're feeling really unsafe and gaslit by the media. Don't ask them to explain it to you. They're quite busy. Um, But if you feel like reaching out, it's telling everybody everything at gmail.com. Maybe you studied this yourself in school. Maybe you've been explained it better than I have. From the beginning, in the Bible, Israelites are what are now Jewish people. Like that's the word, was Israelite before the word person of Jewish faith came about. Not a word, many words. I think that they were ejected somehow from Israel twice. Like once kind of around Jesus' times and then once again in 70 AD, I think. And then they resettled all over South Africa and America and Europe and wherever, I don't know. And that was all okay, for the most part, I think, until the Second World War, obviously the atrocities of the Holocaust, then they were displaced again. And a lot of Jewish people didn't feel safe going back to Europe because they were like, do you know what? After what just happened, I don't really trust my neighbors. I don't feel welcome anywhere. I don't really have a place to go. And that, I believe, is when the state of Israel was founded. And it was determined that like Bethlehem, is in Israel and it should be protected and lived around by the Jewish people, the original like Israelites, Israel. And unfortunately, at that time, that land was Palestine. And so there was a war. And I'm not sure where the funding of this war went, but I think that it was predominantly not as like US influenced as it is now. And Egypt and Jordan and Syria and Palestine did not win this war. Israel won the war. And historically, when there's a war, the winner gets the territory. But then the Palestine people, the Palestinians would be displaced by that. And so from then, well, for the last hundred years, this has been going on and it's been fighting back and forth. But then also definitely for the last year, they've had a different leader in Israel. And there are lots of Jewish people living in Israel who march against this type of war. And they're like, I mean, they want peace for everyone as well. And whatever's going on politically is like very long going and very complex. And obviously, like it doesn't take a genius to be like, I am against war and genocide and the loss of human life and all humans are created equal and beautiful and none should die. And certainly no Palestinians should die. And equally, no people in Israel should die. And that should never be conflated with whatever politics is going on. And when I see people asking Palestinians, like, will you denounce Hamas? It's like, what? And I feel like now we've got this conversation where it's like, well, you know, but look what's happening. in That is what Hamas would love you to do is to justify this Jewish loss of life by being like, yes, but this is about one thing, and that is evil extremism. And to yeah, but that, yeah, 
oh, but the politics, nope, no, Jewish people are not responsible for a war, just like Palestinians are not responsible for Hamas. Any murder and suffering and obviously any of that is bad. And when it happens, the worst thing that you can do is be like, well, think about what's happening to someone else right now. I'm not the best at this kind of stuff. I don't often talk about serious issues. Obviously, any suffering is just heartbreaking and the your Jewish friends are really going through it right now. So check in on them if you have them. If you don't have any Jewish friends, why don't you ask yourself why? No, I mean, I'm joking. That was my only joke. Minimum joke. Let's hear some words from our sponsors now. And when we return, I will very quickly, quickly check your letters, your dilemmas, what's going on with you, um, because I am going this evening to the Attitude Awards on the arm of the incredible Joe Lysett. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ooh, Catherine, my 16-year-old daughter has filled me in on her sexual encounters. No thank you. Yesterday, my daughter, I hate, okay, these kids are 16, which if you're listening from anywhere else is the age of consent in the UK. I'll be dead honest with you. I was giving blowjobs at 16, not many, but I had given some. And this lady's daughter, okay, I'll just get into the letter. I don't love it though. It makes me feel quite sick. Okay. Yesterday, my daughter told me she'd given two boys blowjobs in the past week. She's 16 and still a virgin. After a sleepless night, I broached it with her today, and she said that I was slut-shaming her. So did I, briefly. I went, weak, But that shocked me, actually. She said all her friends do it, and she couldn't see anything wrong with it. The first time happened on a sleepover. Oh, fuck that. And the second time, she did it after college with a different boy at our local park. I spoke to her about STDs, which you can get from oral sex, as they didn't use protection, and also for her to think about what sexual standards she'd like to uphold. If she's cool with it, that's fine if it's consensual, even though it's something I would not personally do very casually. I also spoke to her about doing stuff like this in public places where there's a risk of being reported to the police for indecency, or what would have happened if a young child had seen them, but she didn't seem to care. I lost my own virginity very young, 14, to a guy I didn't even like, and I've told her to make sure she at least fancies the person she might like to lose her virginity to, but after this, I'm not sure she will. I get the impression she's trying to keep up with her friends, some of whom have had sex and sexual encounters. I made it clear I didn't want her to feel ashamed as she felt like it's what she wanted to do, but I needed to have a conversation with her to express my feelings and to address the safety aspects. I feel like this has changed our relationship, and I feel so sad. I've told her dad, and he was pretty gutted. She doesn't know he knows, but I couldn't carry it all myself. Oh, her dad's having a terrible day. Ter- How did you tell her dad? Oh, our daughter, like Imogen, has confided in me that she gave two blowjobs last week. What? To the same guy? No. One in a park, one at a sleepover your daddy's little girl like I don't know how dads take that news I don't think they take it very well maybe modern dads Bobby would not knew Bobby would not like that I know things have changed since I was a teen and casual hookups are more of a thing but I'm not sure how I can be a better parent to navigate the situation I'm so sad for you 
because like it is disgusting and it's going to happen to me. Oh my God. Oh God. Well, I think that my, I think you did a great job. If I'm honest, you, oh, you listened to that horrible, horrible news that your daughter had given two blowjobs in a week and you were non-judgmental and you just raised concerns about really valid things. STIs, okay, she's not going to be giving blowjobs with condoms or like dental dams or whatever's going on there. That just doesn't happen, I don't think. Didn't happen then, doesn't happen now. Um, but, I mean, maybe it does, but I, no. I don't think so. And then you spoke about, you know, make sure you really like someone. Okay, if that's your standard and you feel good about it, all right. And also be careful in public. Like you gave her all the best advice. I think that the only thing I would add is like, it sounds to me like you're giving a lot of yourself. You're giving blowjobs. Like what are you getting in return? I think would be my question. And you might get an answer you really don't like. Anal, no. Uh, oh no. Cause that might just push her into like have sex sooner. I just think like, I have read this as well. Like in the last, God, I haven't been sexually active. I, first of all, I've only ever been in committed relationships. That's it. And when I was a teenager, I would get with people, but I, I think they've changed it. Like girls are more likely, I read somewhere to give blowjobs. They think that is less intimate than French kissing someone. And that is worrying. And yeah, maybe your daughter is just doing it because her peers are doing it. And she's like, yeah, God. Yeah, I think I would. I think you handled it the right way. And I don't think your relationship has changed. It's just a little bit awkward right now because of what has been shared. And I think you guys will get back on track, though, in a different way all the time. Like, I'm sure you know, as I know, that your relationship with your daughter has incrementally been changing, probably since she was born, but definitely more quickly since she was 10 years old. I feel like Violet and I have a very different relationship than we used to. We still have a really close one, hopefully not as close as you two. I don't even know if I'm ready to hear this kind of stuff. But um, I think... I think you did it really well. And hopefully some listeners might have some advice for you. Please write us telling everybody everything at gmail.com because I am stumped. I am sickened and blown away by this conversation. No pun intended. Even my sisters, when they became sexually active, I was like, don't tell me, just tell me like first base, second base. Like I do not want to hear the details. And then I got loads of details from Carrie eventually, I think, but Oh, it's really cool that you guys have the kind of relationship where she wanted to tell you. I just would say, like, don't give too much of yourself without getting anything in return. And getting, that doesn't have to mean sexual activity. It means, like, how is he treating you? Is he making you feel special? Is he um, a part of your life? Is he a good friend to you? Is he, like, what are you getting from this man? Flatmate has repeatedly left the front door open at night. Catherine, I'm a 24-year-old woman living with two housemates, one of whom, 28-year-old woman, is fantastic. We're not really good friends, but we get on in terms of a housemate. She's excellent. The other, a 25-year-old man, is one of my long-standing best friends. We've been close for seven years, and he actually goes out with my best friend. The trouble I'm having right now is for about the sixth or seventh time this year, I've come downstairs on a Saturday or Sunday morning and found he's come home late, drunk and left the front door open our house is not a set of flats where the individual rooms also have locks it is a regular house as a precaution after the second time i put a small metal lock just one of the small ones you draw across on my own bedroom door however the door door itself is not exactly sturdy if someone were really determined they could probably bypass the lock by just kicking down the door so despite this, it's still making me feel unsafe in my own house. I've spoken with him about this several times, and he's promised not to do it again, but it keeps happening. I know he's not meaning to, and he feels really bad about it, but I'm finding it hard to be chill about this. He is moving out, or you're moving out. I don't give a fuck if he's your best friend or not. He's not your best friend if he's endangering your life seven times a year. No. He is an idiot. You can't be living with a 25-year-old man. It's just too much of a liability. I don't think he gets it. I think you need to have like a house meeting if you're going to give him another chance at all, which I wouldn't, by the way. 
and be like, what makes you think that you can take away my sleep from me by making me stay awake worrying every Friday, Saturday, Sunday night? Because really, you're not sleeping well. This has happened so many times. It's happening basically like every month or every other month. And you're not sleeping properly when you're worried that he's going to do this. Like It's like having a teenager in the house where you're like, I'm not really going to be sleeping soundly until I know you're home safe. What a fucking idiot, man. I'm sure there are things you can get on the door like to make it slam and lock automatically. A lot of British doors just do that. So he can either pay and agree with the landlord to have the kind of door installed that will always shut behind you and lock automatically, or he can move out. It's not a joke. You are not safe. And seven, you've given this man seven chances and you're not even banging him. He's out. Catherine, I was offered to meet for sex in the blue whale. What is the blue whale? I once met a very attractive man who worked at the Natural History Museum. Oh, where I did my gig last week. After an evening of light and wholesome flirting, he was a friend of a friend, he asked me out. I actually had a boyfriend, so declined. And this is where he offered me the most appealing and bizarre offer. I'm going to a work party at the Natural History Museum. If you come, there will be delicious food and drinks, and we could have sex in the whale. Apparently, there is a trap door in the whale. Natural History Museum staff know this is the spot to fuck. Why? Why not, I guess? So strange. I'd love to know if this is common knowledge (laughs) among Natural History staff or if it was just this man. Also, who else fucked him in the whale? To be honest, I'm a bit disappointed. I did not end up fucking him in the whale. I married the man I was with, and we now have two beautiful children. But sex in a whale? I'm going to need someone from the Natural History Museum to either confirm or deny the availability of a trap door in the hanging blue whale that you can have sex in. And you know, this disturbs me because the hell is wrong with men? They Like, they want to have sex on an airplane, and they want to have sex here, and they want to have sex everywhere. And now they're like, well, I've never fucked anyone in a whale before. What is wrong with you? Just have some nice missionary lovemaking with your partner in your house. God, don't let the teenagers find out. They'll be sucking dudes off in the blowhole. Oh, God. I would actually like to add my own content to the emails and dilemmas this week. I know that we are really rooting for Kourtney Kardashian and Travis Barker. I was on their side as 40-something lovers who each had their own three children and crucially did not have a baby together because we all know that's the beginning of the end. What are you doing? Ruining your romance. But then some weird things started cropping up. I'm very much Team Kim, even if she is a narcissist. I don't really know. If you've been watching the new series of Kardashians, Kim and Courtney are beefing. Uh, Courtney called Kim a witch. I just think you're a witch. And I loved it. And Kim had a point, like, people are kind of concerned about you. You've lost your entire identity. You basically dress like Travis. And so I've been doing a little bit of digging online. A lovely woman, Katie Holgate, has been curating a few online articles for me. And listen to this from Papapologists. So Shannon Mokler, his ex, Mm -hmm. she told Us Weekly verbatim that she found Travis and Kim having an affair and that's why she broke up with him like this goes so deep and I think it's like I just don't even know how Travis and Kim are around each other this is so awkward it's crazy because I don't feel like they ever they never talk about it on the show right it's Uh, never talked about never Never. they just act like this never happened so much Mm -hmm. so that we Mm -hmm. basically ignored it so Travis Barker was once married to former Miss Teen USA Shanna Mokler mother of a child with Oscar de la Hoya originally, and then she had her other children with Travis. She's done a lot of reality TV in America. She sort of, you know, they had a reality show together, so I got to watch her quite a lot. She sort of seemed quite violent and quite crazy. Um, And I hate to call a woman crazy. My friend Emily always has, is she mad or is she mad mate? Mad mate is like 
when you're not really crazy, but the guys talk about you like you're crazy. I think Shannon Mokler might be a little bit crazy, but here's this from the account Veronica Skaya, S-K-A-I-A. Yeah, this Kim and Courtney fight that never seems to end and seems to be made out of nothing and the audience can't understand like what the fucking deeper tea is, it's making a lot of sense when we go through the Travis receipts. I don't know, maybe it's all like the healing and therapy Courtney is doing, but I, I don't know, man. I don't think I would ever be okay with the fact that my husband used to be obsessed with my sister. And it, like, it, obsession is the only way we could call it. He fucking wrote... A lot of chapters about this woman in his book seven years later when they published that book he was like yeah keep it in double down he moved to motherfucking calabasas for this girl he could not stop talking about her they went on multiple dates it wasn't like we just saw each other one time in our 20s for pr no like they went on a bunch of dates and then his fucking wife at the time got so mad at him for interfering in their relationship that she almost beat the shit out of her at a party Yo, I don't know. I could never, I could never marry a man who was that in love with my sister. It's making sense. It's adding up. This book by Travis Barker is called Can I Say? And I don't know, this could be just another page in the long PR and marketing book of Kris Jenner. Maybe we're just supposed to be buying this. It was published in 2015. But I'm very interested because there's stuff in there about Travis dating Paris Hilton, Lindsay Lohan, uh, another pageant queen. Uh, Who else was he dating? Basically, I'm going to make it my homework to listen to the audiobook this weekend. And please stay tuned for next week when I will really come to a conclusion. My updated thoughts on Travis, Courtney and Travis. That baby is due anytime, so the relationship is bound to be going through. I mean, depending on how many nannies they have, maybe they'll be okay. But your love bubble is about to burst. Uh, You are not going to be each other's first priority. You're going to have someone screaming in your bed for a number of months. Trust me, I would know. Maybe you love each other enough to make it through, but those trips to Disneyland are going to change. I will get to the bottom of this. If you have any insights or if you would like to say anything to me at all, please email telling everybody everything at gmail.com and I'll see you next week. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.